Good morning and happy Easter. On Friday we remembered, on Saturday we waited, and now on Easter we rejoice. And that is the exclusive right of the believer and the exclusive privilege of the believer. Why? Because like Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, we really do put all of our eggs into the Easter basket. Now, you know, Paul didn't say it that way, right? Um, he said it like this in verse 14. He said, if Christ has been not raised from the dead, then our preaching is in vain, and worse off, our faith is even in vain. Verse 17, he repeated that by saying, if Christ has been not raised, then our faith is futile, and we're still in our sins. So he kind of pinpoints it even further. But then in verse 20, which is glorious news, but in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who've fallen asleep. For as by a man came death, by a man come also the resurrection from the dead. And that's why we rejoice. And so we rejoice in the gospel story. Um, just celebrate it with me even in this moment, the fact that Christ came into the world. And not only did He come into the world, but He came in via a virgin birth, and He lived a sinless life ever after that. And then he went on to live and to teach and to do miracles. And he was um, a, a citizen and a saint simultaneously. He did everything perfectly, but he was crucified. Why? Because he claimed that those who followed him and trusted him could have their sins forgiven. And the Pharisees and religious leaders were not just having any of that. So in, it, in other words, he claimed to do what only God can do. And he claimed indeed to be God himself. And then he was crucified and he was buried and sealed in a tomb, which then began to cause a little bit of sorrow and question. But on Easter, what happened? Boop! Up from the grave, he arose and he rose again, birthing joy within us. But then he goes on to show himself to over 500 people, which Paul recounts there in 1 Corinthians 15 as well. And he said, hey, if you don't believe me, go talk to this person, this person, this person. They're still alive. They saw him. And so we rejoice in that. And he showed himself to tons of people, and then he ascended to the Father in heaven where he lives um, to intercede for us today via his ascension to the Father. And so that changes everything, and it changes for us what's inside our Easter baskets. And so Jesus gives us in the resurrection and in Easter stuff that's far greater than snicker eggs, and uh, snicker eggs are pretty dadgum hard to beat, although I couldn't really find any this year. But nonetheless, in Easter, um, we're given several things exclusively as a believer, and so Easter, number one, gives us this, the keys to heaven and hell. Um, we find that exclusively in Easter. Um, John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. So he is the key that grants access. But then in Mark chapter 1, verse 15, not only is he the one that gives access, but he tells us what is the password. And the password is repentance. We'll remember that in Jesus' first sermon, Mark chapter 1 again, where he says this. He says, repent and believe in the gospel. And so Easter gives us, we rejoice because we have the keys to eternity with the Father. But then Easter also gives us this, the assurance that our sins really are forgiven. As you sit, and watch this, you sit, if you're a believer, with your sins 
forgiven and forgotten. Our sin problem really is over because Christ really is raised. And so that is the assurance of Easter. Uh, John 14 verse 19 says it this way. Uh, Jesus tells the disciples, because I live, um, you also will live. And so Easter gives us that. Easter also gives us a resurrection body. And that's not something we always think about on Easter, but it's something that's very true of Easter. Um, Easter gives us a resurrection body. There in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 again, Paul goes on to talk about after the resurrection, he says, uh, so it is with the resurrection of the, of the dead that what is sown perishable, decaying, is raised imperishable, never to, de to decay again. And so that is the exclusive privilege of the believer in a byproduct of the gospel work for us on behalf of Jesus Christ. And so we celebrate in that. And then there, the last Easter egg maybe that we could say today is um, Easter gives us this, a, a new and different present reality. Now, Easter changes our present reality in a million different ways, that's for sure. But today, in God's sovereignty, in Matthew chapter 18, in our continuing journey through the Gospel of Matthew, He's going to highlight for us one specific way um, that Easter indeed changes our uh, present reality. And in Matthew uh, chapter 18, um, basically what we're going to see is this in a summary. We're going to see that Easter forgiveness demands that we then forgive, and that's a byproduct. So we're going to look at that very briefly, and we see what that looks like in relation to the rest of these and how it is just as beautiful a thing that Easter gives us, freeing us from a lot of unnecessary anxiety and unnecessary baggage and unnecessary stress. So let's look at that together in our short time together this Easter Sunday morning. If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you've gained your brother. But if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you that every charge may be established by the evidence or two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and tax collector. For truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And again I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it'll be done for them by my Father who's in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. And so there's a ton that could be said about this passage, but on this Easter Sunday morning, maybe we could just see the big picture. And that big picture is simply summarized as this. Number one, if a brother goes and sins, go talk to him privately. If that doesn't work, bring others along to talk. If that doesn't work, bring it before the church to talk. If that doesn't work, uh, uh, put that brother out. All of that in attempt not to disown the brother, but in attempt to what? Restore or reconcile or bring about a right relationship. Why? Because again, because Christ has forgiven us greatly through repentance, we can forgive one another greatly and not carry that unnecessary burden of strife between brothers. That is a unique byproduct given to Christians. The unbeliever can just go do whatever they want to do, but, but the believer's called to more. We're called not only to reconcile, but we're called to a greater freedom in Christ. And that also is a present reality byproduct 
of Easter. Now I'll admit to you, like our brother Dan Johnson pointed out to me very recently, and I can point you to a video explaining this more, um, but forgiveness is, is pretty complicated sometimes, um, mainly because we don't understand the big picture of forgiveness. Now, there's one side of forgiveness that, as a professor says, is exoneration. And this is the type of forgiveness that we're typically thinking about, meaning that the slate is completely clean, that both parties, the offender and the offendee, are truly sorry, um, everyone feels better, and everybody grows stronger through the process. That is a type of forgiveness, no doubt about it. But there's also another type of, re of repentance that's not exoneration, but it's forbearance, meaning that maybe there's a partial apology, Maybe there's a justification that goes on along with the apology. I'm sorry, but that type thing. And it's partially genuine, but nonetheless, both parties choose to cease dwelling on the issue and continue because in the grace that we've received, we're willing to grant the grace and be unlocked from the shackles of unforgiveness. Because Christ has forgiven us greatly in grace, we in grace can exonerate or walk in forbearance, ultimately all of it, towards release. And release admits the gospel, number one, of what Christ did for us, and it changes our needs to not the value of someone else, but the value of Christ and Christ alone, and it gives us freedom in our actions to restore a relationship maybe that we never thought that could be restored to before. What a great gift that may be for us today that Christ, this Easter, wants to remind us that we can be restored to our brothers and sisters who walk amongst this earth because Christ has restored our relationship to Him, therefore as a byproduct to others in eternity. And so the next question would be, how often do we do that? And that is exactly where Scripture goes. So let's continue to look at this. Then Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me, and I forgive him? As many as seven times? And then Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but seventy times seven. So how often, Jesus, do I extend this Easter gift to other people? Well, seventy times seven. Now, we all know that that's not 490. What it simply means is this. Let's don't overcomplicate it. He says, you forgive them more than you're willing to count. Because who's going to sit there and count 490 times and on the 491th go, nope, I'm not going to forgive you anymore. So it's pretty simple what Jesus is saying. You forgive more than you're willing to count forgiveness. And then he gives an illustration. Jesus says, Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, Have patience with me, and I'll repay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. But when the same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him, he began to choke him, saying, Pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, 
have patience with me and I'll pay you. But he refused and he went and he put him in prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed and they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all the debt because you pleaded with me. And should you not have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all of his own debt. So also my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from the heart. So the simple illustration went something this way. There was a king who had a servant who owed him a debt. That servant repented, and so what did the king do? He forgave him, and he released him. Now that same servant who was forgiven had a fellow servant who owed him a debt. And so he went to him, and that fellow servant repented, and he asked for forgiveness. But what did the, the other servant do? He, he didn't forgive, and he put him in prison. So the king saw that, and he heard about it. And then what did the king do? He chose to then execute, not grace, but justice seeing the heart of the one who had been forgiven but was unwilling to forgive. So, as we feel and experience and rejoice and celebrate and, and drink and laugh and eat a thousand deviled eggs today to celebrate what Christ has done for us, may it birth within us an excitement and a joy to extend that to other people. Number one, because it's not optional, yes. But number two, because that is a grace gift, one for us and given to us through the it is finished work of Christ. Happy Easter, Safe Haven. Let's greatly forgive, even today, right now, because we have been greatly forgiven.